Welcome to the Living Well Podcast. I'm Mark Hennick. This is a show about change. A lot has changed recently, or is changing, or has become desperately obvious that it needs to change. For many of us, the COVID-19 pandemic pulled the rug out from under our normal life. Nothing is normal anymore. Whether we'll go back to the way things were or find some new normal remains to be seen. But whatever happens next, we're faced with the prospect of figuring it out as we go. And that's why this is also a show about resilience. It's about how we're adapting to the massive changes we've faced across virtually every aspect of our lives, and how we can hopefully use this opportunity for good. I'd like to start this conversation with Stephen Liptrap. He's the president and CEO of Morneau Chappelle. This episode launches the Living Well podcast series, and we really do want to highlight the WellCan app that Morneau Chappelle has developed. Uh, it's a free mental health resource, and it's been a timely offering. I mean, considering the stresses we're all facing during the COVID pandemic, uh, but it's based on data that you have been tracking for a number of years at Morneau Chappelle. We knew we were sitting on an incredible amount of data, and we we're looking at that data from all of our clients and our employees around the world. And what we found is we were able to track and really look at what was happening in the mental health of society specifically. And we had an idea over probably the last 12 months, how do we start doing something with that data that will help inform governments and organizations around policy in the future. And you think about what happens with the ADP jobs report or the consumer price index or uh, the purchaser manager price index or something. We go, why not do something that's even more important, which is around mental health? So we were starting to work through this idea and then the pandemic hit. So we decided to launch the mental health index. We were sitting on three years of really rich data. So that was kind of phase one to me. And as we looked at the Canadian data and we looked at the significant drop, 21% um, in the health of Canadians, we started looking at what the data was telling us between men and women. And you saw a much greater drop within women than men. You started looking at the provinces and you saw more of an impact in Western provinces early on than Eastern. It was just really good data, again, to help us inform what policies organizations come up with and what governments do. Then we started looking at the data that was coming in from the US and UK and Australia, and some way, shape or form, it all reinforced the same things. So now we're sitting on this data and we essentially said, okay, where can we start to make a difference? So we would expect governments to do something. We would expect other organizations to do something, but we really said, you know, we're leaders in this space. How do we lead by example? So we started with Canada and we came up with a concept of a hub for all of the mental health support that anyone in Canada would need. And we decided to do that at no cost is giving back to society. Um, we pulled our developers together. They got very passionate about it. And over the course of a few days, they created this hub. The second phase of it was really let's rather than us just launch it, can we get the leaders in both corporate Canada and the community come together to support this so that more people know about it and more will use it? So literally over the course of a weekend, 
you know, we started picking up the phone. I talked to the CEO of Canada Life, talked to the CEO of Sun Life, talked to the CEOs of a couple of Canada's banks. Um, we talked to some of the support organizations like Jack.org. And everyone over the course of a weekend came together and said, of course, we'll support it. Let us contribute some information as well. We'll put feeds on there. Um, and then we got it up and running a week later. And then some of the media really got behind it as well with the Global Mail supporting it, La Presse and Quebec supporting it. So it was really, it all started from the index and us having data that told us that we've never seen as big a drop in mental health of Canadians or society in general around the world. Uh, let's create something that makes a lot of sense. So that was really the genesis behind it. What do you think was happening here? What was contributing or, or driving to that decline in people's mental health? I think the pandemics impacted everyone in their own individual way. And um, I'll give you an example, even sitting in my own house. I mean, I've never been busier. I start my day six in the morning. I'm going till seven at night. I might get to grab a cup of tea in the middle of the day or something. And I'm trying to keep up. And then I walk out and I've got two of my three kids at home and one of them, you know, was in Australia as a chef, um, touring around, came home, isn't working. The other was in the hotel industry and is at home as well. And you look at their days and, you know, they're trying to fill them in. So I do think there's how busy, what purpose we have and what are we doing. I want to bring in Paula Allen. Paula is the Senior Vice President of Research Analytics and Innovation at Morneau-Chapelle. Uh, Paula, I want to get your perspective on this, of all the ways the world has changed. What has the data you've been tracking at Morneau-Chapelle been telling you about the way the pandemic has affected the lives of Canadians? When you think about it, and we should actually think about it, what the pandemic has done is changed everything like how we work, how we relate to people, how we spend our time, our access to services, uh, dynamics in families, uh, you know, confidence and predictability about economics and finances and the, and the future. So, so there's very, very, very few things that change that many things for everyone mm. at the same time. This is tremendous. And on top of that, but for a handful of scientists, nobody expected it. Like nobody was prepared for it. Nobody contemplated. Even if even if you did contemplate it, I think very few people contemplated the actual impact on the global scale. So when you mm -hmm. have that much change, and everybody kind of would probably understand that change is stressful, and you weren't prepared for it, you don't have you know a sense of control over it. That's traumatic. That, that is significant. And mm -hmm. what we've seen in our mental health index is that it really has taken its toll. So one would have expected, for the reasons that I just said, that there would be some impact on mental health. Even my own group, even, 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 even what the researchers and the clinicians, we were very surprised in terms of the extent. So looking at the mental health index in April, which is when we first launched, there was a decline. It's a 12-point decline. And what that, that, what that actually translate to, what translates to is in terms of the key indicators, anxiety, depression, uh, isolation, optimism, and actually work productivity, we as uh, Canadians are looking like 
the most compromised, the most distressed 1% of the population prior to 2020. So that, that is, that's massive and certainly something that we all need to pause and reflect on and, and actively work against in terms of just having a long-term impact as a, as a result. Do you think that it has impacted how we think about mental health as a society uh, in terms of uh, all of the things that are outside of our brain and the impact that that has on our well-being? I think so. And I think we could do we could do more. Like we've started on a, a positive path in a number of ways. So, number one, it has impacted everyone. And, you know, I, I think if we're honest with ourselves and our friends and our co-workers and, and actually even supported by our, our data, you know, well over, like 80% of, of, of uh, individuals say, admit that the pandemic has impacted their mental health in a, in a negative way. And very few things would have actually triggered that prior to this situation. So we are talking about four and five, not, we're not talking about one and five any longer. So having that awareness is helpful because you're not alone in this situation. You know, we all need to support each other. And it very much destigmatizes the whole idea of, 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 of you know, having a mental health impact, period. The other thing that we found, which is uh, tremendous, is that employers are definitely taking note. I have never seen so much focus on the mental health and well-being of employees as I have over this last while, which is great. You know, I think one of the things that the pandemic has done is, and many crises do this, is it, it's helping us really pay attention to the things that have always been important, but we might have ignored or we might have put on a, a back burner. So, you know, washing your hands, you know, say, uh, physical health and safety, all of those things. But also we're realizing that we can't do anything. We can't have any quality of life. We can't participate in the economy. We can't, we can't be our best selves in terms of productivity at work unless we attend to our mental health. And employers are realizing that they do have a strong, positive influence on how people take care of their mental health and are stepping up in a number of different ways. Right, right. I, I want to get to the services that you're offering on the app and on the hub. Uh, but before that, I'm interested in knowing what if you didn't offer those services? What would be the cost of not doing something, of not giving people the help and the support that they need? Yeah, I just think there'd be a phenomenal number of people that would fall through the cracks. And a lot of people are part of an organization within that organization, they have benefits, and they're going to get employee and family assistance programs, they're going to get communications from their employers, and they're going to get all of that. Then there's a whole nother group of people in society that you go, um, how are they going to get support? And do they know where to go? So the idea of WellCan was really to get at both groups. It was for those people in an organization that might not know where to go for support. And you go, oh, everyone in Canada can go to WellCan. Got it. No cost, nothing else. And if I'm not in an organization, which is why we wanted community partners, let's get out there and let people know that they can also go to it. And they're going to get help and support and they're going to be able to read they're going to be able to connect with people um and all of that as well so it it really was at the end of the day to me making sure that nobody in canada slipped through the cracks so do you think that in the way that it has broadened i think 
or is starting to broaden our understanding about mental health problems, about mental illness, even just mental and emotional struggle. Uh, do you think that this experience is also broadening our understanding of how we help people uh, who are struggling with these kinds of issues? You know, that it may not necessarily or, or what one intervention might be talk to your doctor. Uh, but there could be all kinds of other interventions in terms of how we help people get uh, uh, get through this struggle. Uh, do you think that it's been helping employers to understand that there are many different routes uh, to improving people? Yeah, lives? I think so. I think there's a lot more awareness of the importance of having a continuum of care to match the continuum of need. You know, there are some people who need information. There are some people who need, you know, uh, everybody actually needs personal strategies to make sure that they get what they need during a day. You know, breaks, um, exercise, social contact, uh, you know, um, recognition, accomplishment, all of those things. Um, at different times uh, and for different people, we need a little bit more. For most of us, if not all of us during this time, we need to have increased social support uh, because that's really a buffer to stress that helps us sort of, you know, manage and put things in context. For many of us, and more now than ever, there is the option of, and there is the availability of, and there is the value of having professional support. And there's a range of professional support. Um, even our government has realized that one in particular, cognitive behavioral therapy, is very helpful and generally speaking, but very helpful right now mm. because it's skill building. You know, it helps people assess the situation, mm. um, respond appropriately, build on skills that you've had before. So you, you may or may not uh, uh, realize that um, Manitoba and Ontario have actually come out with cognitive behavioral therapy, internet-based cognitive behavioral therapy programs that are available to the full populations in those provinces. Uh, employers are offering the same you know, as well as, you know, training their managers, increasing the amount of recognition that's being given to people. Because when you're under strain, that need for recognition and validation go, goes up. And also in, introducing cognitive behavioral therapy into, the, into their continuum of care. So, yeah. again, because so many people are impacted and everybody is at a different place in terms of their level of impact, that need for more options and a broader continuum, people are starting to recognize that more than ever before. So we've got a, a, an episode coming up uh, very soon about how the tech sector has responded and uh, and really, you know, the, the health and well-being sector has responded nimbly out of necessity uh, to the needs of, of uh, people struggling through the pandemic. But I'm wondering if you can tell me a bit more about CBT, ICBT, Internet-based Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, uh, and how that can help people. I mean, I, I've been a long advocate for the fact that everybody needs therapy anyway, and I don't say that lightly. I think that's true. Um, but CBT specifically is very skill-based. Uh, and for em employers to offer that, can you tell me a bit more about what they Well, want? you and I are aligned on one point because, you know, the, the language that I use is, is that everybody needs an action plan in terms of their, their mental health. Like I just, you know, after being in this business so long, I cannot think of why one wouldn't actually actively invest in maintaining and supporting their mental health and also just, you know, having a way and a plan and, and, and knowing what to do and where to go when things feel feel overwhelming. So in your language, everybody needs therapy. It's the same, same, same idea in my, in my language. Um, and cognitive behavioral therapy, I think, is one of the um, is one of the things that I think you could benefit from, even if you're not struggling. Like who wouldn't benefit 
from uh, just taking a pause in one's busy life and taking stock of how you respond to things, how you think about things, you know, whether that's positive for you and productive for you or, or not, essentially taking control over your, you know, knee-jerk responses so they're not as knee-jerk anymore, feeling a sense of, of predictability in terms of how you deal with stress because you have uh, skills that are at the forefront of your knowledge so that you don't have to actually scramble. I mean, it, I actually feel it's, a, it's one of the most empowering types of therapy because it builds on what people already have. It does build skills. It helps them make sure that they're not, that they, they, their emotional responses are actually putting them in a positive direction. I would never say emotion is something that you should shut down. You know, it is what it is, but how you think about things can actually put you down a path that either is helpful or is harmful. And I can't think of anybody who wouldn't want to be in a helpful path. And even Mark, some of the data that we've seen come in, I mean, we've seen a tenfold increase in ICBT or internet cognitive behavioral therapy usage, uh, which is more serious than we, what we would traditionally see in an EAP. We've seen our disability cases in the organization double. We've seen the increase in suicide risk of the calls we take increase by 30%. So not only are we seeing it in general in society, but we're also seeing as people come to us for support, just really scary numbers when you think about what's happening out there. And yes, we've got the physical piece to get through, um, but we've got a mental piece to get through now. And I think the mental health impact is going to be there for a long time as well. Let's just go back to something you mentioned earlier, Stephen, and that is the need for businesses, uh, for the corporate world to be involved in this. You've got a long list of corporate and community partners involved here. How are they contributing to the WellCan hub and the app? Uh, and what kind of information will they be sharing and will be people be able to find on the site? The first thing was, this is trusted information coming from really good sources. The second part is there's some assessments you can go through. So you can do assessments around depression, assessments around suicide risk, and a number of other things. So you can start to get a little bit of a sense as to how you compare to the rest of society and what's in there. And then some of our partners have just come together with phenomenal information. And um, Canada Life was sitting on some really good information uh, from their hub on mental health. Canada or Sun Life had put together some really good information as well. Bell Canada, uh, Bell Let's Talk. Um, again, some really good resources. And all of those exist in those different places. But our thought was, and Morneau Chappelle, we had some great information on our website, Work Health Life, that people can go to every day. But it was really about let's take all of that and put it in one place so that every single person only has to think about one place to go to rather than trying to find it out there. And to me, it's a hub of trusted information. And one of the things that I will kind of point out to you is that in many cases, we have all the big players in a particular industry. So we have you know, the big players in finance, um, insurance, in uh, telecommunications, um, as well as other industries as well. So, and, and I've, I've had the pleasure of having many of the conversations directly. And the reason why people are doing this is because this crisis has really realized that if we don't stand together as, as, as individuals, as Canadians, as organizations, uh, then we're going to be in a difficult place as a, as a nation. 
So it's not about branding. <laughs> it's not about, um, you know, I, I, I want to be the only one and I want to have an exclusive. It's all hands locked together to make sure that we amplify the message, number one, that mental health is critical and it's it, there's a risk. Number two, risk isn't your destiny, so we want to make sure that we do something about it. And number three, we're supporting this as one of the tools for people to get access to the support that they need during this difficult time. Stephen Liptrap, Paula Allen, thank you both for joining us and helping us to launch the Living Well podcast. Thanks for having me, Mark. Many, many thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. And hey, Mark, thanks for partnering with us on this. We're just really excited around blowing this out over a long period of time and creating a hub where people will go to for mental health information and getting some experts in. And I think we're going to have fun with this. And I'm excited that you can participate and lead it and be part of it for us. So thank you. You've been listening to the Living Well Podcast. Mark Hennick is our host and executive producer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the show. There's no cost involved. You just hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a comment and a rating to let us know how we're doing. For more information about the show and the WellCan Project, visit wellcan.ca. The Living Well Podcast is produced for Morneau Chappelle by Mark Hennick and Eye Contact Productions. I'm Dave Trafford.